Okay. Hey, everybody give a, sh a, wait a minute, a warm welcome to those viewing with us. Give them a shout out. Yeah, there we go. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, I'm just super excited to be here this morning. I want to, for us to be together, I just want to kind of give you a reminder of last week. A reminder of the lesson from last week. Citizenship, and we've been talking about citizenship, but citizenship changes your viewpoint. I change who I believe in. This is part of the change process of what heavenly citizenship, salvation does. I change who I believe in, I change who I promote, and I change how I walk and live. Okay. I just wanted to do that. Love you, Tyler. Um, now, what I want to do is last week I used this, so I just want to remind you that what we were talking about with this change. What? I'm getting a lot of like, <laughs> stay here. Okay. <laughs> I just got in trouble. Um, part of what happens with the gospel in this heavenly citizenship is it changes your viewpoint. And one of the things that we were talking about is that for a lot of us, oh, look at this. It's more ways to love me. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. It's a two-sided mirror. More of me. And what we do is even within the church, if we're not careful, we even condone and promote this self-centered viewpoint. And so part of understanding our heavenly citizenship and beginning to see things differently is that the Lord's love creates a return love from us. Let me say that again. The Lord's love that we experience, the love of Jesus Christ, creates a return love from us that allows us to change our view. And what that means is we're able to slowly begin to take our eyes off of ourselves and we begin to change our optics. And what we allow to do, and I just want to tell you that in our church family, we continue to celebrate baby steps because I believe in progressive sanctification. I believe that it's a process. And I believe that a lot of times what's happened is church teaching has been very discouraging for the average human being because we understand our imperfection and we understand our struggles. And then this heavy, heavy standard is laid over us and we realize that we can't be perfect and we can't meet that. And so what, it, and it, some of us already struggle with perfectionism. So it's like, well, I'm not even going to do this. I'm just going to give up. I'm going to quit. I'm going to stop. And then what this church family has been for many, many years is a hospital for hurting people that have been damaged by religious experiences. So the process, the process of understanding our heavenly citizenship, it begins to change our viewpoint so that we begin to see through a different lens. A lens that's not about us it's about what we talk about in Matthew 22, that we begin to see Jesus more clearly. We begin to love him in return for the love that he's given us. And then we begin to see the needs of other people. I hear this regularly. Well, Tim, I'm not sure what to do. Well, start with the people closest to you. Because some of us can't even see the people that are right next to us. We can't see their hurt, their pain, their struggle, their discouragement. 
right now more than ever before. We can't even see their depression. We can't even see the fact that they're suicidal. There is need all around us right now. And what we need to understand, and we need to go into the Word of God and see that this heavenly citizenship, it begins to change our viewpoint. Now, I'm going to read some verses to you from the New King James, and I'm going to go through these. You can write them down. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 17 and 18, I want to remind you of what Paul was saying to the Corinthian church. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. It's not about being a better speaker. It's not about being a better orator. It's about having the presence and the power of a living God through His Spirit that's at work in this world flowing through us. What does He say? For the message of the cross has been and still is foolishness to those who are perishing. And brothers and sisters, I want to remind you this morning that there is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain, whether we like the sound of that or not. That's why the word perishing is used here. There is something to be lost about our lives in this world with God. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, because of these things, be imitators of God as dear children. Some of you, holiness, let me just remind you, holiness is not this incredible standard that you can never live up to. Holiness, in my opinion, is being around Abba Father, and he rubs off on you like a child reflects the characteristics of what they see in their home all the time. So it should be with us and our Heavenly Father. Look at what it says. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. I want to be a sweet-smelling. I want to be a drink offering. I want to pour myself out for my Savior. Philippians 3, 17 through 21. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk, as you have us for a pattern, a pattern. I want you to focus on that. Look at that. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you, even weeping, that they are the enemies, they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. For our citizenship, brothers and sisters, is not in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. We've got a, yo man, how you doing? We have got a citizenship that is way greater and more incredible than the blessings that we have here. Now, 2 Corinthians. I'm going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and we're going to read 12 through 21 together. 2 Corinthians 5, 12 through 21. And we've read this before, and I hope that you will be able to see and draw some different things out of this passage. Now, I love rereading Scripture regularly. Verse 12. For we do not 
commend ourselves again to you, but give you opportunity to boast um, on our behalf that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. So perception and trying to live in a way that you appear to be godly is nothing new under the sun, okay? Struggling with image is still struggling with image and there's nothing new here. He says, because it's about the heart, verse 13. For if, we beside our, for if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. Or if we are of sound mind, it is for you. And the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Okay? Think about this, just real simply. These are some deep things here, and we're not going to extrapolate all this out of here. But I want you to just physically do something with me. He has given us the gift through Jesus Christ of reconciliation. So do this with me. Like, take it in yourself. If you haven't done that, it's okay. You can sit there and don't do this. But you know what I mean? Take it into yourself. Okay? We're in children's church now. Now give it out. Okay, let's do that again, because some of you are just waking up, all right? So follow with me. Take your hands, Mooney. Hey, Alex is doing it up here, so come on now. Thank you, Alex. You've been an example all morning, brother. You're such an encouragement, okay? And all these guys back here are dying laughing because I'm picking on Alex, okay? So we take it, we receive, we are reconciled through Jesus Christ, and then he has given us the ministry. You the minister, not me. Uh-uh, that's not what Scripture says. We now have the ministry of reconciliation, so we're giving it out to other people. Some of you will get that later on. Look at what it says. That is that God is in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed, whoa, 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 has committed to us the word of reconciliation, now, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. Whoa, wait a minute. Are you reading the same verse as I am? If this is a little heavy and straightforward, reading another version that doesn't have it in there, okay? Just giving you an option. A lot of versions today. But look at what it says. Pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. Man, I got this. I can't wait. I just picked this up. I just love when you get an overarching, you get things that just remind you. Man, I'm excited to just thumb through this because it just is a reminder that Jesus from Genesis to Revelation okay? To see Jesus in the Old Testament, that this is coming, that this is what it is, that what it says, that this is for us. 
So I want you to think with me, and I want to just go through some things real quick. Sorry. The Gospel Project Bible. Okay? The Gospel Project. But there's a lot of different things like this that will show you Christ all through scriptures. Gives you that overarching view of things. So with this, 1 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 4, let me read this and I'm going to transition. For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain. But even after we had suffered before and were spotfully treated at Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel of God in much conflict. If, you're used to, if you are accustomed because you're an American of just like you want to fit in and be nice and everybody like you and the gospel is some cool presentation that everybody's just going to flock to, I think your time has passed. You can relate to what it's saying here. For our exhortation did not come from error or uncleanness, nor was it in deceit. But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. A couple things real quick. What's an ambassador? According to Merriam-Webster Dictionary, an official envoy, an authorized representative or messenger, or an unofficial representative. In the Greek, what I love is when the English and the Greek words kind of coincide, because sometimes there's a differentiation between the two. In the Greek, this same passage, it means to be an ambassador or act as an ambassador, which is the same as a second definition. For a very, very long period of time, people from other countries around the world have immigrated to America. U.S. citizenship has been a coveted status. Oftentimes, an individual from a family will make the journey as a test for the rest of the family. Most of the time, a plan is implemented to get the rest of the family to the U.S. In other cases, families have talked to someone about America, and the entire family makes the journey together with the dream of becoming a U.S. citizen. The freedoms, the opportunities, and blessings have made U.S. citizenship a dream for multiple generations. That's what this country has been founded on, is that dream of the nations coming together because there is a common declaration of freedom and liberty. Since the arrival of our Savior, His life, His death, His resurrection, which set Him totally apart as the Son of the living God. Just a little reminder there. The church has been representing the heavenly citizenship as we read the New Testament, especially the Acts of the Apostles, we are able to see individuals and entire households who moved their citizenship from this seen world, earthly citizenship, to an unseen, heavenly citizenship. It's all throughout the New Testament. This process continues to take place because the church sends out ambassadors into the workforce seven days a week. Now, what's happened is we've gone through a period in our culture in America within the church where we've made things, we've made this differentiation just like what they had in the New Testament. We've created this clergy, and the laity, and so if you really get your stuff together, there's this transformative movement from the raw to the like, oh yeah, you're clergy. You're something. You're better. 
You know why I know that? Because I've been on both sides of that and I have regular conversations with a lot of you and you open up your heart and you tell me that one of the things that blesses you is because you don't get that vibe from me. I have a different responsibility and I'm held accountable differently than a lot of you But at the same time, I'm no better than you are. I'm not above you. I'm not superior to you. I am called by God to do what I'm doing. And so I will stand before him with a different different evaluation over my life and my leadership and my shepherding, my sheepdogging. You get what I'm saying? And so what we need to understand is that this thing is... This process, it's not to make our citizenship look good. And I would just want to tell you, the part of the transition to church is because we've had like 10 to 20, 30 cool society years where churches have transitioned from just preaching and proclaiming the Word of God and trying to minister to people to trying to create programs and stuff so that we're cool. We fit in. We're drawing people. Wow, man, they're just, they got pizzazz. Right? At 60 year old, as a 60 year old, my pizzazz got left somewhere along the way years ago. Okay? I still got a certain level of energy, but this is cool to me. Oh, yeah. Rocking the overalls. But I hope you understand what I'm trying to get across this morning, I'm trying to challenge you with. Is it but rather a display of the reality of a forgiven life that embraces a supernatural hope because of the reality of an amazing Savior? Real faith in a real God who works on our behalf to change us from the inside out. The good news of the gospel is the mission of the church. Acts 17, the upside-down kingdom that we've been talking about. All right? So... I look around the room this morning. Daniel Clayton. Told you I was going to call you out, so I didn't want to be a liar. All right? What do you do for a living? Work on equipment. Ambassador. Okay? Looking around, some of you are like, oh, don't point at me. Denise, I'm not going to call on you. I don't want to embarrass you at all. Okay? <laughs> Alex, I've been rolling all morning. Alex, what do you do? I couldn't hear you, sir. Principal. Ambassador. Okay, back over here. Let's share the love. Chad. Farmer. Ambassador. Please hear what I'm trying to say. The reconciling, redeeming work of Jesus Christ that we are called to participate and whether you like it or not, whether you feel yourself fitting the bill, whether you believe in your soul, what I'm trying to encourage is that each and every one of us in here that have embraced Jesus Christ as our Savior, that we are ambassadors of this heavenly citizenship. And it's not about being perfect. It's not about some image like, oh man, I got my stuff together because I asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior when I was 17. Most of the people I know can't relate to perfection. 
What we're supposed to be ambassadors of is this process of forgiveness, this process of being reconciled to him, this process of progressive sanctification that I am a piece of work, messed up, broken in the progress of knowing what it means to love Jesus and love others. Are you with me? So I want to say this. I believe in the church of Jesus Christ. I believe in the mission of the church of Jesus Christ. I believe in the good news of Jesus' birth, life, death, burial, and resurrection for the forgiveness of sin on the most powerful, personal, private level of transformation and change. I believe in a heavenly citizenship. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Are you feeling it? If I had a banjo, but oh, that'd be terrible. Okay, these hands on a string don't equal praise. That's noise. Do you get what I'm saying? But some of us, our problem is with our earthly citizenship, and thank God we're U.S. citizens. To God be the glory for the privileges that we've been given. But these privileges are to be used for the proclamation of the gospel. It's not about me hoarding. It's about me passing on what God has done. You get what I'm saying? I believe that we, the church, are his ambassadors uh, for his kingdom. I believe we need to embrace and get back to the simplicity of the gospel. Words from a song, souls are dying, men are crying. Won't you lead them to the cross? That's not a song just for me. That's a song for every single ambassador that has been reconciled, forgiven, and that is a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to read something to you. Every once in a while, some of you are amazing at journaling, and some of my kids are amazing at journaling, and I love to journal, and I try to journal at least every eight months, okay? <laughs> Sometimes I open my journal, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, was that the last time I wrote something down? So then I'll be, just be like, <laughs> for four or five pages, I'm like, yep, yeah, that's good for six months. But I wrote some things down, and I want to read them to you because this is from 2006 and 2007. This is called, this is for me, my story of why. Because me standing up here today, you can ask my family, has been a long, arduous struggle. I've fought, I've kicked. I didn't want to do this. Because poor examples had kept me down and I didn't want to be in that group. I had refused the senior pastor position multiple times over the last 15 years. I believe that if God was calling, listen to this, then he would make it so that I could do nothing else. When you listen to me or you talk to me privately, I'm not a big, I'm not a big believer in volunteerism when it comes to this position. I believe that somebody should emanate a call from God and that they can do nothing else in the world other than follow that call. I had four different jobs before starting my own business. The business was challenging and fulfilling to a point. Long story short, God broke me. I submitted to his mighty hand when I told the family, and this is what's funny, some of you can relate to this because your family's watching you. 
When I told the family that God wanted me to be obedient and lead the church, they responded by saying, glad you finally figured out as we've known that for years. My son, Tim Jr. looked at me as if to say, you are really dense sometimes, Dad. I agree. I'm going to be stubborn enough to fight, kick, and stall until God makes it very plain to me. I want to, I want to know that God is present. I want to see God's mighty hand at work in the lives of sinful mankind. I want to see God's spirit move upon the hearts and souls of real-life human beings. I wrote this and put this down in 2006, 2007. I don't want to do church. I want to be church. My dreams and expectations are molded from the Bible. I'm not trying to condemn any church or throw stones at their good efforts, but I long for more. I long for something deeper and more powerful than any church experience that I have ever encountered. I want to truly know God and make him known in the everyday lives of everyday human beings. The mighty power of God displayed on a job site or in a classroom not a professionally wired stage with lights and support equipment, not a professional production, but a powerful display of God in private that can't help but go public. I want God's Spirit to be in us, through us, and all over everything we do. I want church to be a 24-7 lifestyle, not a place where people congregate for a certain number of hours per week. I long for Jesus to be a vibrant part of my speech, my actions, and my priorities. I want to get back to the unity, the fire, and the power of the church that we read about in the book of Acts. Great. So where do I go to learn how to be that leader and be that church? Now you see my dilemma as a leader. Mega church has its privileges, but that path is not for me. That's not for Tim Duggins. I've been a part of that. Denominational support has security, but I'm a little too much of a Jesus freak for that. An established church has it all up and running, but I could hurt too many people in the process. So God called a special group of people. God called a special group of people to put up with a special person like me to pursue the path of church together. I will forever be grateful for everyone who's joined with the Mountain View Chapel family as we learn to walk life together. There's nothing new under the sun, but I feel like we've been living in a cave of our own making for too long. We have to come back to the simple yet profound truths of the Bible. Man can never replicate the power of God. The church of Jesus should be active, living manifestation of his mighty plan on this planet. We don't have all the answers, but we are pursuing the one who gave us purpose and direction. The church should do what the church does best. The church should do what no other organization can do. 
There are so many needs in our world and so many important endeavors. We all feel the overwhelming sense of need. Should the church enlist volunteers to do thousands of different ministries and programs? I have felt this pressure in the past. What should the church of our Lord Jesus do for us, our community, our state, our nation, and our world that no other organization or group can accomplish? All the natural human stuff or activities that we are expected to pursue can distract us if we are not carefully guarded. It should be first and foremost about Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection for the forgiveness of our personal sins. We should study the Bible together to learn of Jesus' ways. We should experience prayer together to learn the heart of our Lord. We should express our obedience to Jesus by serving others together. As we study, pray, and serve together, we should become conformed to the image of our Lord, which should create an amazing fellowship relationship within the family of God, his church. The church should constantly point people to our Lord and Savior by living out Matthew 22, 35 through 37. Simply put, love God and love others because of Jesus' love for us. Our spiritual transformation is not the normal path of self-centeredness, but rather the supernatural path, path of self-freedomness. These steps of faith will be empowered by the Holy Spirit. He will give great assistance, comfort, and conviction to enlarge the ministry of lifting up Jesus. God the Father will be pleased with our faith and will bless us as we give him the glory. We will continually learn together. We will learn from past and present brothers and sisters in Christ. We will learn from family members from other countries who are living as the church. We will learn to be the church. Then you and I will be empowered and equipped to walk the path of faith that addresses the needs in, the, in our world. The church is not a spectator sport, but rather a participation sport. Every member of the body, the church, has a purpose and a function. We need to stay focused on the important elements and send out the church family to impact a lost, dying, and hopeless world. The church leadership needs to stay focused on the task of equipping so that the church family can take their gifts, passions, and power into the world to proclaim the good news of our Lord. We must continually commit ourselves to our Lord's instruction to make disciples in all nations. It starts here with us and goes around the planet. God is still the same. His purpose and plans are the same. The church must readjust, repent, and return to the teachings of the Bible for Christ's church. You know what's good about a prayer journal, prayer journal or journal? Sometimes you need to go back and it helps recalculate and refocus and purify. You know why I can't contain my heart? Because even in the midst of God's blessings and so many being added and the, the touch of our church family, some of you that pray with me, nothing's changed in my heart. my longing, my desires to be a part of something before I die that we all step back and we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that not one of us pulled this off. That we can say confidently that God did something, that He moved, that His presence was so manifest that nobody gets the glory but our Savior. 
Nobody receives the honor and glory and the praise but God Almighty and the work of His Spirit in our midst. That's my desire. My commitment to Christ and His church is stronger, greater, and becoming even more laser-focused than ever before in my life. If that makes you uncomfortable, then you need to wiggle. I believe the good news of Jesus. I believe the good news of Jesus' heavenly citizenship. And I believe the good news of being an ambassador of this heavenly citizenship is the number one priority. The songs that we were singing this morning, very purifying if you are allowing the words to flow over your heart and soul. And I want to ask you right now, is your number one, is this your number one priority in your life? I have conversations privately, and some of you, you have been called to be an entrepreneur. God has gifted you and placed something on you, but you're not called to be an entrepreneur, entrepreneur so that you can live like this. And you can amass more stuff just for yourself. You're called to be an entrepreneur so that you can take your gifts, and you can take the blessings of God, and you can begin to see the needs of the world around you. Do you understand that so many people are in other countries doing ministry because God has called people to be entrepreneurs, and they send thousands of dollars for the gospel? It doesn't matter what your particular profession is, you're an ambassador. But it's hard to keep that in perspective if you're not keeping your heavenly citizenship and the fact that you're an ambassador of this heavenly citizenship as the priority. If not, I want to challenge you to consider fully committing yourself to Jesus Christ and his assignment for you this morning. Join us as ambassadors for a heavenly citizenship that is open and available in all the nations of the world for anyone who will believe. The beauty of our ambassadorship is not the ability to have a perfect image, but rather to proclaim a life of complete forgiveness. I'm asking you this morning to respond to whatever God is tugging on your heart because I have no idea what the Spirit of God is doing right now in you personally. All I can say is I know what He's doing in me, but I'm in a little bit more public position so you can see my nose drain and hear me cry and know that God is breaking my heart. And I just want to respond to whatever God wants me to do. I'm so thankful to be born again. I'm so thankful that he's been patient with me. I'm so thankful that you're patient with me. And for my wife and I to have the privilege of serving and leading with you, it's one of the grandest things that God has ever allowed me to be a part of. But I will tell you, I long for something deeper. I long for something more amazing. I long for something that will blow our minds, and for a lot of us, it may scare us to death. Because I want God to make it very clear that He is our God, that He is in control, and He is still in the business of altering people's lives, beginning with me. I'm going to ask you to bow your head with me. Close your eyes. We don't do this a lot. Probably going to do it more. We've been doing it more. But I'm going to put you on the spot right now. 
I'm not asking you to define what God is doing, but if God is doing something, if the Spirit of God is doing something in you right now, and you need to make some kind of decision, I'm going to ask you to stand up right where you are and look at me in the eyes. Anybody else? I don't know what God is doing in your heart. I'm just going to ask you this morning to respond to whatever. To say yes. The sweetest, scariest spot in my life is when God pulls and I say yes. So I'm just asking you to say yes this morning. And if you would like to talk to somebody when we get done, please carve out some time. Thank you for being genuine enough and brave enough to stand. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you. On behalf of those that are standing and willing to look me in the eyes and proclaim that you are a great God and you are doing great things and that you are stirring in their lives. And so, Father, we praise you that you are still at work in the hearts of men and women, boys and girls. And so, Father, I ask that your perfect will would be done, that they would say yes to you and they would experience your blessings, God. And I'm asking that if there's somebody here today as well, that they've never fully given themselves to you and they're scared to death to stand up, that right where they sit, they would yield themselves to you. And God, I ask that they would experience your forgiveness and your cleansing, that they would experience the beautiful response that you have to their faith. I thank you that all we have to do is believe and embrace you. I ask your God that that would happen more and more across this region and that you would use us for your glory. God, I pray blessings over each and every person that has a heart for you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for your boldness. Stand with these others. They've already set the example. And let's sing praises to his name together.